Hello and welcome to the 35th episode of the Powder Cake Podcast. The show that rises like a beautiful phoenix of improvement from the ashes of tilt. <laughs> from the ashes of not having recorded a podcast for the last month, actually. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we're back. Back in business. Back ready to give you guys some improvement. Improve you um, Yeah, so basically we, we took a, a, a bit of a break there. We went, uh, we kind of recorded a podcast. We went on holiday. We released the podcast. And then we went on holiday for a while, and then we kind of found it difficult getting back into the swing of things. Busy, busy. Um, College started, work started. Exactly. Busy boys. The butter keg boys are busy. Exactly. So, uh, but now we're back. Um, Hopefully, we're going to be recording frequently enough from now on. Um, Aiming for our weekly. So, so before actually we jump to the podcast, today's podcast is going to be on. It's going to be kind of a couple of our top tips for for the laning phase. Um, How many of them? Eight of them, yeah. As a matter of fact, eight um, top tips for landing. Eight top tips for landing. Yeah. So if you want to just listen directly to that and skip our top-notch banter in pre-show, you can click. There'll be a timestamp. A timestamp in a timestamp. Timestamp. Timestamp in the description of the video. So, if so just to rephrase in case anyone missed that, the audio. If you want to listen to us talking about um, the seven top tips for landing right now, you don't want to hear us talking about other things in the league right now. Skip to the timestamp. It'll be in the description below. We've gotten some criticism for not saying that clearly enough yeah, before. Never, never um, find the timestamp. Yes, yeah, so in the meantime, uh, it's been a pretty spicy week for a league drama, anyway. Uh, one of the posts on Orsash League of Legends hitting top five of all time, in fact, on Orsash League of Legends. And this was to do with big, long-time friend of the show, <laughs> <laughs> Tyler One. Shout out Tyler One, friend um, of the show. Yeah, big, big tie if you're up there. If you're listening in band world right now, it's a big reps to you, buddy. You're doing yeah. great. Even though people continue to uh, disrespect your yeah. dead name. Yeah, so I mean, if you if you don't frequent the League of Legends subreddit and still listen to us, which I find difficult to believe because I feel like we get a lot of our um, many listeners from, you know, Orsash, or maybe Orsash yeah, Summer School. Summer school maybe Orsash Summer School people don't go on to Orsash League of Legends. Yeah, they only go there. Um, the Missy, what happened was a Riot member, uh, or slash San, what was his name? Or slash San something. It wouldn't be an or slash, that's the name. No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. His name was Riot San hey. Journo, whatever his name was. Um, he basically, on the the kind of, there's a, there's, a, there's a Discord, which is like streamers, pro players, Riot members. He was basically and, and like normal people. It's just the League of Legends. Discord. And normal people, yeah. So Anyone he basically came out, was insulting Tyler once, said that he's a humongous and he's going, to, <laughs> and he's going to die soon enough from like an overdose <laughs> of. He said no. He looks like a damn homunculus, and honestly, it's fine. He'll die from a coke overdose or testicular cancer from all the steroids. Then we'll be Gucci. <laughs> so, two two things here. The first statement about Tyler would look like a damn homunculus is hilarious. But he should be uh, commended for that. It's, um, it's fine. But uh, saying that he's, he's hoping a guy's going to die of a coke overdose and stick to yeah. cancer is not a good look. And like maybe, like let's say you're in a private Discord with your other friends from Riot. You're chill and you're having a beer after a day's work. You want to give out about this dude who's been making your life misery like in um, Catch Me If You Can or something. I'm picturing Tyler mm-hmm. One as like your man from Catch Me If You Can. They've been trying to hunt him down for years. And he's like making his life misery. So he's like, God, I just hope he dies from coconut overdose. 
but he's in like still the, though he's in the public like legal yeah yeah we've said his riot that. in front of his name it's so inside. weird he's kept I going. mean he did say in the comments uh dude come on that's my personal take on the situation i don't speak for the company on live shot i'm my own person which company uh, is that is the one with their name and the, 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 no, the name of the company right in front of your name oh that no, one you don't speak for that i think it's the second most downvoted post of all time uh on reddit <laughs> he, got uh, he also got given reddit cold for it um obviously yeah so it's an interesting situation he got absolutely like his apology got, well, like, in all fairness now he was complaining and saying it wasn't oh, him. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. the guy is. He reacted is, so badly yeah. to the whole thing. The guy is fucking idiot. Like such an idiot. He got mine. Uh, he got well, five thousand. I've never seen Reddit, and I've seen Reddit witch hunts. I or such Starcraft used to have yeah. a mighty witch. Reddit leapt on this guy and devoured yeah. his eyes out for insulting. I mean, he responded to God so Tyler. badly, hilariously though. bad. Like, he's like, how was no one behind? Like. What are you doing? He like, just no like called them from Riot. Like, yeah. stop right now. What are you? There's like yeah. so many different comments. Like, all, they've all been deleted. Then... They've all been deleted now, but obviously they're they still viewable. Them, yeah. yeah. Like, he's just very strange. Like, what a strange yeah. person. He's just, he's, he doesn't have a job anymore, but. Uh, Why has he been fired for it? I mean, he probably is. I doubt. I, Riot said they're going to investigate and stuff. I don't. I don't like people getting fired for this shit. Although, maybe when I mean, your job is that so public. so stupid, though. And then. Yeah, and job was like that public and stuff, but like for saying something dumb, he's probably still able to do his job just fine. It's just like Maybe. pure shit, and I hate when. But then responding and like lying reason. about what he said and stuff, he was like, oh, "I didn't really say that and stuff." And then people had screenshots, and they were like, yeah. "Yes, you did." And he was like, "Oh well." <laughs> yeah, he then oh, well. finally, so the apology does ring a bit hollow. And no, the apology was definitely someone from Mike Rangham was like, yeah. "Post this exact text yeah, into the thread." Um, I don't like because I think a lot of people in the comments were really like reveling in the idea. Reveling in the idea of this Riot guy. Riot Sanjuro. Losing, yeah, this guy, like, um, it is a guy, isn't it? Or just, he's a guy, probably. Um, just kind of like, oh, he's going to lose his job. That's great. And I was like, Jesus, you don't know what this person's life situation is. Like, I hate the idea of, like, loving the idea of someone going to lose their job. Because, like, Tyler's going to be fine. This is absolutely... Best thing could have happened to Tyler 1 yeah. is this. Mm. And then he responded, he responded with, smart, it really sucks that some people smart. still hold a massive grudge to old Tyler 1 refuse to acknowledge I've changed. That being said, I have no hard feelings for this oh, guy. It's Shit happens. Fucking, it's so obvious I mean, I don't like, know. this guy is I don't know. opportunist uh, like, like So I, I don't like <laughs> Tyler 1 as a person. I think he's obnoxious. Um, I think he's been so toxic in the past. I don't think he's not... I don't think people can just completely just get rid of that that quickly i think with the rise to frame certainly he's become more aware of the fact and more able to maybe control that um and certainly if he did get allowed back into the game um i'm pretty sure he would be okay in terms of not being toxic so i don't really care too much about that it's more just i don't, I don't find him a pleasant person at all um, well i mean even shit like this is like it just shows how smart and like he's got his brand and this is like yeah his brand is like the funny reformed guy his brand used to be someone who would like scream abuse often racial abuse at people and yeah. go insane on camera and he's like ripped and stuff so it's like cool and bad yeah. now he's kind of like i'm reformed so like <clears throat> good and he did this so well. this is like when you've got a breakup with someone and they start bitching to people about it and you just like say there's no hard feelings on my part and then you end up looking great and they end up looking terrible even though they're saying bad things about you because you were like like he could have said oh that was so mean like so what? he clearly wanted to say stuff like that but he was smart about it so yeah. he's smart Tyler one is smart he's built up a good brand he is a toxic piece of shit and always has been. That's, I haven't watched his stream because I don't watch his I mean, I don't, stream. I don't he know. probably is reformed, but he's made like 20 accounts to keep banning them. Yeah. Like he I mean, that accounts. was like two years ago. Though. Like, I, like, I don't like Tyler One and I, and I don't find him that funny at all. Like, he was actually on also uh, Beyond the Rift. Um, yeah, Scar and featured there. Him on um, that. And I didn't find him that entertaining at all. Um, I mean, he was like wearing like a fucking, like, like 
wife beater version of, of a tux or something it's just, what? It's just so oh, weird it's just like yeah it's this whole thing is that like he's kind of like you know he always has like a, a friggin wife beater or whatever tank top whatever you want to call it yeah, on but not, um, a, not a and a like tux. well not a tux no it's like a shirt it's like yeah. a, with a vest and stuff um, I just didn't find him that funny uh, I mean I, I don't know I guess a lot of people do um, and to be honest I don't really think it's it would be that a big a deal if he was on bad I think he would definitely be very careful because he's become so popular I still think it's kind of a bit ridiculous that he became popular by being horribly toxic um, but yeah certainly you know worked out in the off post <laughs> like all about <laughs> like Ryan Sajura sacrificed himself for Tyler 1 sort of thing um, but like it always made sense that Tyler 1 was so popular We're like how could he be so popular so toxic it's like have you played League like, do you know yeah. what most people are like in League of Legends? They're all fucking... Everyone's toxic. Everyone is like this guy. He yeah. just does it on purpose and, like, he's not shy about it. He never was. Well, now he is because he's like, whatever. He's, this is his new brand. I don't know his new brand because I haven't watched him in ages. No, but he's this so careful. He's yeah. so careful and he, he wants to be. So, like, even on Beyond the Riff, when he's kind of joking around, he's messing, he's saying, like, oh, the cutie is bad. Tyler one's the best. And then, you know, like, Scar says something like, you know, what do you say about people who say they've reformed? And Tyler one's immediately gets kind of, like, serious and he's like well, you know, like, I, I have, and I, I really regret it, and it was a different person, and I'm, like, really sorry about it and stuff. And he's, like, very careful not to, like, joke about that um, because he wants to be on that. And, yeah. and I don't know. I, I don't know if he will be, though. <laughs> I feel like Rai just don't want him to yeah, be. Yeah, it's like, um, can you break the rules flagrantly that like many that. times? Like, maybe, I'm saying all this, like, his brand and stuff. Maybe he really is. I don't even like, think, this like, this is all just, like, how he is he needs now. to be. I think it's almost, think like, it's better smart. that he hasn't been. It's almost, like, it gives him that, like, that, that perfume that of like yeah that edge he's, he's still banned but he's like railing against it. and yeah. he plays lots of other games but most part he doesn't even play he doesn't play any league like he plays different games and he like streams them and playing stupid games and being goofy and people well, think he does funny. still play league like, you're not saying he's made 20 accounts to try to play he keeps making accounts like, yeah, but that, that, they were all banned so I don't know if he still does uh, it no, there's like clips uh, and shit like doing shit no games. I know he's come back and he's like but and then the accounts get banned again he kind of does it like very infrequently but he plays for the most part other games and stuff and he does like funny videos that aren't related to I guess to like if you like Tyre 1 that's cool mm. I never understood him as like I don't know why apart from the you're toxic why you'd like him I still I think it's hilarious how there's always been this like slightly quiet uh, the, the silent majority of people that clearly liked him but like wouldn't like come out and say it so you'd always have posts about someone clear. being Tyre 1 and this was like the explosion of that where mm. like Someone getting minus nineteen thousand down votes or ninety thousand down votes for saying like for being absurd, but like you know, there's like dumbass people everywhere. Yeah. It's insane. This person, this person's job was like the lead of like experience of like game experience design or something. So their whole job oh no, like he's like he's experience. like he's like a big. He's not he's not just like a minor employee apparently. He's yeah, like he's like the lead some, writing. So board. maybe I shouldn't be dis, Maybe I shouldn't be that bad about the guy losing his job if he is just some rich fuck who's got a really high up job. He's rich. It's just he's fucking so stupid. Like, like maybe he was. Maybe he was just like off his head. Maybe he was like freaking taking fucking weird shit. He was cut up just, as well. Yeah, like <laughs> I, literally. Like what on earth would you post it on a public Discord? It's it's, it's just monstrously stupid. Just, um, but. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's that. I find his it hard personal opinion to have that he should stronger. he should die of of, of testicular cancer. Saying you know, his homunculus is funny as fuck. Though. I got Homunculus is a funny name. <laughs> he's a little homunculus. Yeah. So what height is Tyler one? That's the, I think that might be part of it. Is he like a little short guy? I wouldn't be shocked. I think he's kind of short. Wouldn't or be no, shocked maybe if Tyler one was like five foot three. Yeah, um, but I think it's more that like he's like he he shaves his head and he and he looks kind of goofy. Yeah. Um, homunculus are really short though. Homunculi. Um, <laughs> What else happened? It's actually in relation to that uh, amazing, the ex Origin player had an AMA on Reddit. I don't know, I've never really mentioned on this podcast before that I, I really don't like amazing. 
He's got the most annoying Twitter account. I disagree with almost Indeed, everything yeah. Amazing says. Uh, he actually recently he had a tweet about. Um, let's go. This is just a random tangent, just because Amazing did an AMA. His AMA isn't actually that exciting, so I'll say this. Basically, um, he, he started ranting about players who hunt down pros and like target them and are really toxic to pros in particular. And he was like, "This is such a serious problem. I can't believe Riot hasn't solved this. They need instant bans with no question. People who specifically hunt down pros and are toxic." And I was like, "Mate." He's like, I can barely go into a game without people being toxic. I'm like, like, do you know what do you think it's like for anyone else? In yeah. fact, it's definitely better for pros. Have you the amount of people who are actually hunting you down compared to the amount of people who are behaving nicely because you're streaming and because like you're famous is like there's not that many people hunting you down and like wanting so funny wanting like specific bans for like yeah. um, for streamers for, like, and stuff because they were but mean to me and I'm a pro and you actually, instantly ban these. That's people. quite funny because almost the exact same thing is happening in like PUBG at the moment. Uh, Planet's Battlegrounds, if people don't know what PUBG means. Um, which is, have you, heard, have you heard of all like the stream sniping stuff yep. there? So, like the massive controversy over the past month has been basically because stream snipers are a big thing where basically they get into the game with the streamers, they basically follow them, they, you know, they try to kill them, yep. they try to do whatever. Uh, and the classic is that they made so cars can honk in the game, so they'll just, everyone will get cars <laughs> drive around <laughs> the streamers, honking their cars. <laughs> And it's pretty funny, in all fairness. And the streamers will kill them, but they just keep doing it in the next games. Um, yeah, so they're called stream hunkers, or whatever. Um, and so basically, what happened was, basically a lot of like people in, in PUBG, a lot of streamers, well, it's kind of like divided. Some people don't care, but a lot of people are coming out and saying they need to be specifically banning people yeah. who stream snipe. Stream snipe, which is like watching a stream, which is nothing related to the game. Yeah. Um, and then basically people were saying they need to give streamers priority because we're bringing in so much revenue, we've made the game popular and stuff. Um, so they need to give us like priority, they need to make it so we can see like people's names in lobbies so we know if they're sniping us. And it was just like ridiculous, but uh, yeah, that's all a- just completely <laughs> stupid. But like, that's, that's obviously a bigger deal because people complain about street sniping in League and they say similar stuff. I've seen, who was it? Someone was complaining. It might have actually been amazing yeah, saying... We you don't alter a game to apply. Like, they don't have to stream the game. They're doing very well exactly. off streaming yeah. the game. And they can delay. Like, they can just put on a delay. They can put delay. And, and people are like, no, we don't want to put delay on because then we can't communicate with our chat. It's like, well, deal with it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. it's nothing to do with the game. It um, is a much bigger deal in PUBG than it would be in League. In League, there's like map, but it's like, it's harder in League with like the map and stuff. Where in PUBG, you just know, okay, they're going to school. So yeah. I'll go near school and I'll honk at them. Yeah. Um, it's not as hard where it's like but yeah that it's the same there was actually, like, there was a controversy league was much smaller there were people like arguing on Twitter and stuff and most of people were saying what you were saying there basically just like deal with it um, you're a streamer no, you're, deal with it in your own way cover your map <laughs> you're not don't some, say where you're these dropping these guys aren't like martyrs like for the game do yeah. whatever they like these guys are making Doing serious well. cash to play that mm-hmm. game just put a delay on you'll be grand that's really funny people honking at them um, yeah you say, there's more, more league stuff so um, yeah the rest of the amazing AMA was actually really boring he did, he did come out against Tyler as well, which I found interesting, which is probably the one thing I've ever agreed with Amazing on. Um, he basically said that it's it was, the reaction was over the top, but what they said was bad, but he he's uncomfortable with the idea of Tyler one ever being unbanned in case he like became a pro or something. He was like, what that sets as far as role model stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, Jensen's a pro, so... <clears throat> and then But then someone's like, what about Jensen? He says, well, I personally hate Jensen because he DDoS'd me back in season two. Really? <laughs> which is really funny. Jesus. So Jensen used to be a serious uh, piece of work. Yeah, I don't. I think it's also yeah. I mean, I don't oh, shit, know. wait, it's something big. Na is switching to best of one. Oh yeah, that's a big one. That's a controversial one. It's basically like they're doing it because viewers don't like to sit there for two hours, and to watch and, and, and best of ones are you know easier to drop in on, easier to watch quickly, more viewer friendly. Whereas best of threes are more like obviously more, competitive more friendly. Well. Every single player has said. 
competitive wise best of threes are yep. better they play you know like on average like more in one split than they do in a full season with best of threes versus best of ones um yeah i don't know i think it's good I best think it's of one unqualified well obviously qualifiedly but mm. i think it's just so much better because like when i was like i hadn't really thought of this it's like god that makes so much sense like why have i been watching so much less league it's because it's a pain to watch vods of like you're yeah. hoping one team two o's because i do not want to go through all three games you very you don't redevelop really any sort of knowledge of like other teams in the league because you're only watching like this this mm. split stream so there's like two different streams at the same time so you can fit in all these best of threes and because you're focusing so much on like your own teams you want to catch their best of three you never catch like yeah. oh this team versus this team so you just don't learn about the league in general you don't catch up on the storylines you end up like me last season which is like so focused on CLG knowing stuff about CLG not knowing much about any other team apart from the one time or two times we play them yeah so I think for the viewer this is like so much better i think yeah. that best threes were a good idea and it does this kind of sucks for like the competitive nature of it i must feel like th- it should be there should way. be a uniform yeah. format for all the different uh regions so like the, the big problem was that korea was best of threes for so long then and a swapped to best of three um so it was all oh, they're getting so much more practice on stage getting so much practice like versus other professional teams um and i, and I don't know what the deal is now in terms of like lpl um let's see here LCK, I, like I don't know if it's all the same. It's uniform, but I, I do feel like that's definitely a, a thing. But I, even like, come on, they can, they can, they can scrim. They can do yeah, best so of three they, scrim. That's what I said. They were like, like, it's like, if they want help, we can help them scrim. So I think teams know how to yeah. scrim, right? <laughs> but yeah, like that's true. Yeah. Like obviously, it is like a, a difficulty when you're like, yeah. you know, money and view viewership and all that versus competitiveness and the pure competitiveness of the game and fairness towards either team. It definitely doesn't matter. Um, but I feel like when it is a competitive sport that relies on viewership, relies on people watching it, um, like any competitive sport, they're all entirely for the viewer. Yeah. Um, it is important to make it more accessible. And like a lot of people just don't watch pro games at all because it's like a three game. Lo- and, and there's, and there's time between all of the games where, where obviously the players have to discuss, have to take a break, have to do whatever. And then there's more discussion, there's breaks. Yeah, it's like to put an evening aside if you want to watch. One best of three. Yeah, which is ridiculous like yeah. when there's like um i i think it is it's pretty i think i enjoy watching games live but if you're trying to watch vods of like a best of three it can be it could take a bloody long time mm. so I, I think it is like it does so people don't like it in general when they make um the competitive experience subservient to sort of like the viewer experience it kind of seems like it's diluting the purity of like the sport and it is mm. but there's a point where as you said it is for the viewer so as long as, as long as they're not making it so bad so that you know viewers are dropping into games and playing and <laughs> really yeah. making viewers subservient uh, the, just small changes like this Part of me doesn't even necessary. hate the best of one experience. I feel like it almost makes it more like solo queue. It makes it more accessible. It's just a best of one. It's one game, five v five. There's no like, like obviously you can you say, oh, you know, it's you more run. If you like solo queue, no, no, no. But no, I'm just saying, like in terms of best of one, I almost feel like it encourages like cheesy strats and bringing out new champions that aren't just going to get banned away from you in the next the next two games or like doing things that are like more interesting because the team won't be able to just counter it or in the next series or just ban like like often you see people win like CLG will win the first game of the series and then whatever the, the key champs will be banned out and then we'll be like okay now we're going to go back to normal and it's just like it's not I don't know like obviously I'm not arguing the best of one is just definitely objectively better I'm just saying there are definitely pros and negatives yeah, I think it encourages what they kind of said is that it encourages safe picks for the top teams and it encourages cheesy picks for the bottom teams yeah so save so Top teams will experiment less in best of ones because there's too much on the line in that one game, and bottom teams will cheese for because 
they want to increase variance and make it so they can try to catch him by surprise. If they can catch him by surprise once, they win the game and they get through and they get their win. Yeah. Um, so I think that's best. I think that's what most people have been saying. I think anyone railing against it as a terrible change is in denial of mm-hmm. like the reality of the situation and that is just not sustainable and that it was a good try. But again, to write, like they've done it a couple of times recently, actually going back on a thing that didn't really work, I think is good. Um, they haven't done it in anger yet. Uh, I don't think they ever will, because I don't think they were wrong. No. But <laughs> they're on Cogball. Um, what, what else? So Stixay did an AMA, which was actually did, yeah. pretty good. I'm trying to remember any kind of sort of like good responses on it. He said something interesting about our boy, another friend of the show, uh, D- what was his name again? Dardoch. Uh, Dardoch? Yeah. Yeah. What he said was interesting. He was pretty nice about Dardoch, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he said me. he was really talented and he improved faster than any other player he'd seen. That's the interesting bit. He said he improved quicker than anyone I've ever seen. And that makes no sense to me because he got worse over the season. Well, it was more that he was really bad. I think he got better over the season. He was just so bad to begin with. Um, well, but he didn't... Like, he started, we won, like, three games in a row. He's like, okay. But and he then, was playing very badly at the start, though. Like, very... No, he was he, dying a lot. He had, the, he had the, the Gragas game start, the Rengar games where he carried, like, in, in, like, week two. Like, he was playing pretty well, and then, like... Mm. He definitely wasn't improving faster than, like... So, I don't know at what element... He was... I think he was saying things to be nice. And I yeah, think he I, wants to I, keep I don't think Stick says a person to just, like, straight up... Dism. Yeah... Uh, I mean, he did say stuff like about like uh, what was it? Your man, the uh, the fanatic Katie Carey, or used to be the fanatic. Yeah, reckless. Reckless. He, he, reckless. he was like he reckless. Was bad seemed really bad, <laughs> but yeah. maybe he's improved since then, sort of yeah. thing. But uh, so he's kind of honest. So that's what, it's just weird. He also yeah. said another thing about Darlock, which was that someone asked him, which was a good question. It was like, did you want just a mechanically better version of um, X Smithy, or did you want? Um, to change the way you play the game to kind of suit him. And he said, like, we tried both. We ended up trying to make him a mechanically better version of Ick Smithy. Funny bit is obviously he wasn't because he ended up being worse than Ick Smithy in almost any way. That's because Ick Smithy was the best jungler in the league. So it was kind of a funny way. But obviously the trade, as we've, I'm not sure if we've been through, but the trade obviously wasn't something CLG wanted. They didn't want to get rid of Smithy, but he wanted yeah. to leave. And so that's why they made the trade. Mm. But, he also um, said Afra is the most serious person on the team, which I was like, that's interesting. Yeah, it makes sense. The captain. I, yeah. I read that and I was like... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like Afro is like less jokey during the game than other people. Yeah, would. I don't think he fucks around, but that is like he's got a heart of steel. He's got yeah. a. He kind of used to be the, the jokey guy before he became like the captain, like the veteran, like yeah, he's like the cold-hearted killer. Like yeah, he used to be like, hey, it's pretty so. I mean, he still has like like I think he's good in terms of team atmosphere and stuff, but he's pretty serious in games. Yeah, that's you can be good to be a serious guy in team atmosphere. Afro's best. Uh, speaking of uh, nice players like Dardoch and uh, Tyler One, uh, Pornstar Zillion got number one uh, in EU. Do you, uh, do you know this guy? Yes, this guy who just Nunu? hinted just like, yeah, yeah. fucking disgusting human being. Don't really think there's much to be said about him. Yeah, how did he? How did he? How did he get number one in EU? <laughs> so I think he's. I think he's a pretty good player. He's a fucking yeah. horrible person. And all the pros are away. Yeah, all the pros are away. And he win-traded. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was also win-trading. Yeah. So yeah. apart from that, uh, congratulations to our friend of the show, Pornstar Zillion. Um, yeah. You come on the show whenever you want. Um, literally just like about the tilt. worst kind of person. The person who literally <laughs> encourages his followers to do the same thing. Yeah. Like, I've had that in... I, I used to get that in games. It was a period where I got like in a bunch of games where just people would do his disco nuni where he yeah. goes like ghost cleanse. And just walks into mid lane to start dancing. Yeah, just... No, it just like runs down the middle. It's just like he dances. Oh yeah, I, I think know. they dance as well when they're getting hit by tower. Yeah, but like, and also there's like clips of him just being like the sort of games like I am going to quit five or three minutes in so that we are going to have to remake because I love wasting people's time. XD XD. Yeah. Everyone's like, what? Why? And he's like, I just love wasting people's time. And they go into the game and he quits. He's like, I just wasted seven minutes of your time. Ha ha. And everyone's like, 
Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. You're a really strange person. Uh, he's a very strange. These people are just weird. Like we've been to someone who spends yeah. this long playing league. Spends this long you playing league and just doesn't. Individuals. That's, that's that's like just a weird way to act as a person. Yes. Yeah. Just committing that much of your time into doing that. Yeah. I also think people who find that fun and entertaining are just like fucking weird. They're, they're the him as well. They're mini him. Yeah. They're all little creepy people. It's the equivalent. Um, like I don't know. People are just so fucking weird. I was. <laughs> Speaking of which, I was like, uh, I, I started just like randomly playing like just like autofill squads on PUBG because it's a kind of fun. The fucking people you get, I just like stopped doing it because it's just like so weird. People just be like, <laughs> like someone was just like, I'm the girl. <laughs> Guys, you're all so strong. And then I just like shot him with it. He was like, he like was following me for the whole fucking start because he dropped like into military base. It's a place in PUBG. And he was just running after me going, <laughs> and I was just like. Someone shot him from behind, and then I went and killed the guy who shot him. And then he was down. He was like, "Oh, you're so good! I'll do oh, anything so for annoying. you." And I just like started reviving him, and I just stopped. And I was like, <laughs> "Fuck!" And I just shot him in the head. And then it was just total wow. silence. He was literally screaming the whole time, and nobody else spoke oh on our team. And then he died, and then the rest of our team was like, "Dude, <laughs> it was great." Actually, we all bonded. That's really funny. Those guys, like, are so just people are fucking weird. People who yeah. do that, who are just like sitting by themselves, yeah. like. I'm such a troll. I'm such a troll. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, we're 23 minutes in. We should probably talk about League of Legends. Yeah. So um, playing it on the note of you know annoying people, um, let's annoy people by winning the game. Oh yeah, annoy your enemies <laughs> oh, yeah. with these top tips for laning. So uh, so yeah, we we've we've we've, we've conglomerated eight conglomerated. pretty top tips. Yes. Conglomerated. That's the word, isn't it? I don't put know. together. Bring, maybe, maybe. Brung together. Uh, let's know below the line, listeners. Uh, conglomerated. Is it the right word? Is it not the right word? Anyway, on to the Please respond in the comments. Hit that notification. Hit Get the notification squad drop, drop button. Line. Become one of the, 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 the powder cast. The powder cake We're the strongest gang. family on the internet. Et cetera, et cetera. Powder cake pirate. Become a powder cake pirate. Yeah. That's what our listeners are, the pirates. Powder cake pirate. That's pretty really good. That's pretty good. Um, anyway, League of Legends. Sorry. Yeah. I, I interrupted. So do you want to you hit us with, with the first of the top three? Sure. Ones? No. So yeah, we don't have to do an order. So um, yeah. We basically just can go, it's like, it's not the seven, the only seven things you need to know for laning. Eight. Or sorry, eight, it's, I kept saying seven. Yeah. It's not the only eight things you need to know for, it's not the top eight things you need to know for laning. It's just eight things, we're getting back into it. Eight things we think that are handy things that most people kind of overlook that'll help your laning, that are kind of that we found helped our laning and helped us kind of to level up our laning to like another level of how we play. Yeah, and I mean, we've mentioned a lot of these before in previous podcasts, uh, so... Again, if, if you have a question on one particular one, you can always shoot us a message and chances are we'll be able to link you back to a podcast that's going into it in a bit more detail. Um, but certainly these are good things just to know and to think about from kind of a more general perspective. Yeah. So first up um, is plan how you're going to deal with your wave. No. So this is going to, this is, this is a subset of planning. So when you go into your game, it's not just mindlessly doing something. Often when you, let's say you go into a game, what are you going to do with your wave? You're, you're playing like Zed mid. Have you planned it out? Who are you against? So you're going to base what you're going to do with your wave based on what your opponent champion is and then based on what the jungler is going to be doing as well. Yeah, I mean, we have an episode entirely on planning and this is kind of to do with this. So like often people walk into lane, they'll just start ordering the wave, right? They, they won't really know what, their, what their, their plan is. And we have an episode that's called something plan. Yeah. Say goodbye. Love when a plan bad plans. When a plan comes together. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of what we talk about in it. So <clears throat> you don't want to do that. You want to know what you want to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
small creature that lives inside my throat <laughs> yes. came out and started speaking for me. Um, you want to know exactly what you want to do during to that wave. I mean, are you pushing it in? Are you pushing for a quick level two? Are you freezing? Are you trying to let them push into you? Are you trying to let them push into you, but not push you to your tower? Are you trying to fast push them to your their tower? Do they have an Anivia? And this will all be kind of planned on, based on you know what their champion is, what you want to accomplish versus their champion. Um, but it's certainly one of the most important things, just yeah. the first kind of thing, because it's, it's something that you can't really... F- like obviously experience on playing the champion and experience uh, during the game is, is important to like making split second decisions but this is something that you can decide before you get into the game you know yeah maybe if they started maybe it'll depend varying on their starting items or on their summoners but but certainly it's something that you can go before the minion spawn i want to start pushing this wave asap i want to freeze it i want to last yeah. hit whatever it's worth giving a couple examples of why you're going to do different things with the wave so uh, let's say you're top lane you're playing ribbon i think a lot of ribbons will do is not fast push the wave but try to push the wave quicker than their opposing champion because mm. they want to get to the level two quick as possible ribbon's got a good level two all in so she can try to get good trades if she can get the level two before the opposing person so she's going to be trying to like push she's going to be autoing the minions a lot not too much that it crashes against their wave and then they'll get a level two at the same time basically anyway yeah. but quickly enough that she's going to get a quick level two as you said you mentioned a nivea let's say if you're against a nivea you might be wondering why one said nivea because if you're against a nivea mid lane she clears or she last hits really poorly early in so if you can push in that Olivia hard early game, then she's gonna have very, a lot of trouble last hitting and getting those min or getting that CS under her tower if you can get her under that tower early. Let's say you're against a J4 or um, or an Ezreal or something, someone who ganks early well. You don't want to shove early. You want to let them shove into you, or you want to freeze it, or you want to keep it near your tower. Mm. If you fear that very early gank, then you you're planning at the start. You're saying, well, I'm not going to shove this early. I know I'm playing Diana, or I know I'm playing early on Saul, or I know I'm playing this champion that likes to shove early. But it would just be suicide to do that against that champion because I know they can level two gank me with red buff, and I know that would kill me if I'm pushed up. So this is just this is like a few things, and, you, and this is obviously a very early game focus tip, because this is the sort of thing that's going to evolve. You can't plan how you're going to deal with the wave at eight minutes in. You're not yeah. going to say that. Well, at that point, they will, this will happen. This will have happened. These strings have come into place, and thus I will be doing this with the wave. You're going to adjust that based on how you do, but that's a different topic for another day. This is kind of how to plan how you're dealing with the wave in the early game. Yeah, the very first thing. I mean, a really good example of this, of course, obviously, this is going to be also based on what the opposing player is trying to do with the wave as well, right? Because obviously, you go into the lane, you can't really practice this in a bots game, because, or sorry, in a, in a, yeah, in a bots game or in a custom or in a training uh, game because, you know, you don't have an opposing champion also altering the wave, also trying to do their thing. So very often it's kind of a struggle to accomplish your goal while denying their goal. So are they trying to fast push you, in which case you're trying to hit the wave as much as you can so it doesn't fully push, crash into your tower. And a really good example of this is kind of like bot lane early pushing for level two is both the laners are kind of trying to push for level two as fast as they can, but they're also trying to avoid getting traded on. And then they're also trying not to push the wave so fast that it just crashes into the enemy tower because then you'll both be at level two and it won't matter. So often you'll see is bad bot lanes will, will be like, we have to push for level two and they'll fast push it and it won't matter because it crashes into the tower and it's, or, or maybe it doesn't crash into the tower, but it's too far in to all in because it's right in front of their yeah, tower. Yeah, you're level sort of two, thing. but they're yeah, not sitting under it tower, matter. so it doesn't exactly. matter what level you are. So often it's kind of, they're both kind of slow pushing it enough that the wave doesn't push in really far because also if they get level two and you're pushed in, then you're kind of screwed. Um, yeah. But they're also, so, so it's interesting. It's interesting to see all that different happening, but certainly, yeah, that's our number one tip um, is basically just be aware of your plan for the wave as soon as you get into lane. Sure. Um, say number two. I think, I think number two, go it'd be good to go into uh, your plan in relation to the matchup because it's kind of the second thing you're going to plan. It's also often going to be related to your plan for the wave is going to be related, as we already said. You know, Anivia, um, J4, 
Uh, well, obviously, Jafar's a jungler, but, but you know, Nivea kind of thing. Um, it's going to depend on the opposing player's champion. Um, obviously, Zed, you don't really want to push Zed in because it just kind of lasts its under tower super easily. Um, but yeah, so the matchup is really important. Um, and this is kind of to do with planning, you know, when am I looking to trade? When am I looking to, to, to fight? When am I looking to, to passively not interact with the other champion? Um, and these are things that generally people often have an awareness of kind of, I kind of win this lane, I kind of lose this lane until a period. I kind of, let's say I'm Vladimir, I kind of lose versus Riven until level like nine, in which case I can kind of trade pretty well with her, uh, etc. But people often will have that bit of knowledge, but they'll still kind of just go autopilot. And we have an episode, I think we discussed all this actually in depth of the autopilot. I think maybe that's the episode we did. Um, we don't want to do that. You don't want to go on autopilot. You want to have, have a bit of knowledge of that's what you're doing. Concept. You want to think about it. Yeah, oh, that's what it's called. Uh, you want to think about it before you get into lane because like, you know, going on autopilot just means like if you walk into lane and you just start kind of automatically trading a bit, you know, kind of seeing how it goes. Most people do it and they kind of feel it out. They'll start trading. Oh, I lost that trade. Okay, I'm going to stop trading for a bit. Oh, never mind. I kind of won that trade a bit. Oh, maybe I can start fighting it. Oh, it's good to have a bit of knowledge of like, I am going to lose this lane from... And, and this is actually where Andrew mentioned when we were discussing the, the, the show before we recorded um, that actually guides are kind of useful too. And um, like, we, we don't encourage, you know, lol king guides. We don't encourage like, what are they called? What are all the bad ones? Mobifier. Mobifier. Yeah. The bad reputation. Uh, those guides very much in terms of like, pretty much everything they do but often people who have a lot of experience with champions and even though in summoner school some people have good guides there uh will, will include a bunch of matchup information and matchup information can be quite useful in terms of just often it'll say stuff like you lose the lane until level six uh don't trade until level six once you hit level six you can all in quite well sort of a thing and, and obviously these aren't going to be you know rigid like maybe they'll misplay early and they'll still be able to take advantage of that and that all comes down to experience but certainly understanding the, the periods, the time periods in which you're strong, targets in which you're weak, when you should trade, what you should do is really important before you get into lane phase. Yeah, and with this what kind of what I think about in relation to this is kind of like what's the difference between feeding as a champ feeding as a champion that you've played five games with versus feeding as a champion you've played five hundred games with. I think in the first place you feed as a champion you just picked up and you think, I'm not really sure why I just got destroyed. Um, I don't really know what I did wrong at which point I just lost straight up. Whereas if you play 500 games in a champion, you feed a matchup, you're like, oh, I know I fed because I misplayed this part, this part, this part, this part, this part. I did this wrong, I walked up this way, I tried to trade when I wasn't able to trade. You've got a better understanding of the champion. And this is because when you're more experienced as a champion, you can plan your matchups better. This is a big reason why, in general, we advocate playing champions that you know best, is because this idea of planning matchups is a really important part of understanding how to play a champion. Because you can't, it's hard to lane that knowing specifically how your champion is supposed to interact with the other champion you're playing against. And as I said, it can come a lot would be um, in terms of uh, relative strength at different points. So I'm strong at six, I'm not strong at nine, I'm strong once I hit my, when I get this item, I'm strong if I'm at this level, I'm strong if I can, once I can just outshove them, once I can just get my jungler here, etc, etc, or I'm just weak, I want to get shoved in so my jungler comes. That's one way of doing it. Another could be specific kind of um, interactions with abilities. And I found I was trying to pick up Fiora recently, unsuccessfully, I might add, um, was that... I really played her enough to pick her up in like, yeah, two tough. games. <laughs> I played like 20 games or something. But yeah, um, basically when I was trying to pick up Fiora, I was like, I looked up matchup guides of just one guy who done, he's just some challenger Fiora player. He's done a little guide thing up. And he just listed loads of different matchups. And that's pretty useful because I could know, he would say, don't even try to W this ability because you can't reliably predict this ability. Or, or like that's repost if you don't know if you're so or when you're against Darius 
don't try to repost his pull. Wait till he pulls you in, then repost his, his, um, his auto attack cancel. And then that's the way to get most damage off and to restrict the most damage. And that's such a, a little handy tip that you can have against Darius. And then when I'm playing, I know I've messed up if I try to repost the wrong thing. Or I know I've messed up if I don't get that repost off. Mm. Just one small thing. And basically taking that knowledge from a guide or something that you would have if you played the champion that much, you're just borrowing from that. You're getting that expertise. And you're getting that knowledge as to what you're doing wrong. Because if you're going in without a plan, not knowing the matchup, and you do do badly then you might not really know why. You might not know what you did wrong. You'd be like, yeah, I lost. I died at this point. Was it because I shouldn't have gone all in? Was it because I did that? Just kind of that weirdness, that uncertainty. You want to kind of clear that haze. You want to kind of plan things, have a clear idea of what you're doing so that you know if it goes wrong, kind of what you did wrong then. Yeah, and I mean, certainly this is this is important in terms of not making mistakes because obviously you don't want to all in at a time where you're going to lose. But it's also important in terms of taking advantage of you know times of strength um, because often champions have like strong quote-unquote strong laning phases but they don't seem strong because you're kind of just like playing relatively passively and then you just lose a 1v1 because you don't know at what point your champion is strong or when you should be strong for instance Yasuo has like a super strong level one like one of the strongest level ones in the game because he has a consistent uh, extra auto attack in the space of his Q which will also knock them up he can stack fervor very easily and very fast because generally you run high amount of attack speed in your runes so in the matchup let's say Yasuo versus Riven um, a matchup which is quite hard for Yasuo uh, well it's debatably kind of a skill matchup it gets quite hard for Yasuo once Riven gets uh, an item or two um, and gets levels um, it's quite good for him level one so we can literally walk up to her and just start auto attacking providing the wave isn't huge he can start auto attacking and she can't really do much if she tries to trade back on him with Q um, you're just going to keep autoing her. You're going to Q, keep autoing her Q. You can often get kills level one with Yasuo by just like extending trades. Similarly with Darius, you're so strong if you just have an extended trading, you just start trading autos with them, like level one even, level, level two. Um, and often people will just kind of not take advantage of those small windows of strength because they just won't know it. Um, and so definitely, yeah, just planning the matchup, planning at what points you're strong, what points you want to trade, what points you want all in, all those kind of things are super important and obviously in both of these two. So what follows on from planning matchups is another thing that we have considered, which is paying attention to your enemy's cooldowns. Yeah, and so cooldowns is like kind of related, obviously, to the matchup, because obviously you're going to be thinking about what abilities they have, what abilities you have, how to use them correctly when you come to planning the matchup with the other champion. But certainly cooldowns is one that's kind of more specific to... It's not something you... you I mean, you can't think about it before you get into the game, obviously. Like, it, it's good to go into landing phase, go what in this matchup makes this matchup hard like what why is this matchup a difficult matchup you know is it because um as talon like 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 a classic example is like talon versus lux seems kind of okay for for talon right because he's an assassin lux is like a, an immobile mage but it's actually a really bad match for talon because lux can cue him so easily when he cues onto her or it used to be whatever his e onto her um so here you're like well what makes it bad is lux cue so as soon as Lux uses her Q, it's a good matchup for me. Um, there's always something that makes it bad. If it, is it like, uh, as, as whatever whatever trading champion it is to Riven, is it the fact that Riven can E every time I try to train her? It's like Gangplank. Is it whatever? In which case, you're always looking for that one ability that makes it really bad for you and looking for when it's used. So often it'll be a movement ability, like Zed. Like Zed can be good versus Squishies because his W is so like, means he can trade on them and immediately get on them. But as soon as he uses it, he's in a mobile champion with one ranged ability. Um, so often you can bully him then. 
So it's always about looking at that ability or looking at their abilities that make it difficult and looking at those cooldowns and looking to trade in those opportunities or to abuse those cooldowns, as well as your cooldowns, right? Yeah, and this is where like a broad knowledge of champions comes in useful. If you're the sort of person that loves just spamming normals as random champions, who loves just getting to level 5 on some champion you want to learn and then just like never playing it again, this is where that comes in really useful because you get to know these champions' weak points because like Vladimir without W is very bad against Zed, whereas Vladimir is actually okay against Zed. But you know once his W is down for whatever reason, all of a sudden he's just not the same champion. All of a sudden it's just completely different. Whereas if you don't know Vladimir that well, you're still a little bit scared. You're still a little bit hesitant as the Zed player. You're just a bit scared to go that much further. And this kind of, this idea came up when we were kind of, I basically put forward to Owen. I was like, well, what do you think? We were trying to think of ideas for this. I was like, what do you think your average goal player could do better? And that's what, this is kind of what came up. It's like, they don't work around cooldowns. I mean, you don't see that, like a common situation you'd see like, on stream or even sometimes in our games would be that you are playing something like Vladimir and you use your W stupidly and you know a second layer, okay, I'm dead. While you're in your W, you know they're just going to go all in me. And then as soon as you come out, they go all in you. Mm. Or you're playing Riven or and the Riven ease forward and you can tell she knows she's fucked up because as soon as that shield goes down, you're moving towards her and you jump on her, you kill her because I don't know the matchup yeah, or Riven just, talking about. Or Riven but, just uses all her, her gap closing abilities yeah. to try to trade on you and then she just can't get out. She's immobile. She's trying to yeah. walk away and you just, you kill yeah. her. And against someone um, low gold or below, often what will happen in that situation is the player isn't confident enough. Confident enough. They don't even realize. Platinum, even low diamond. Yeah, even, <laughs> we don't even know. <laughs> yeah, just, but the player isn't confident enough to realize, well, this Riven is useless now. I can just go in and kill her. Hmm. Um, those cooldowns are down and now I can go in. It's, it requires a level of confidence, I think, and it requires a level of knowledge of what the other champion does because and those two go hand in hand. So like, if you're so used to playing the champion, you know when they're weak and you know when these abilities are down, that's when they're weakest, you know to go all in. It's, it's something that's going to help you in terms of playmaking. Like you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities to get kills and to get solo kills if you're not paying attention to what cooldowns are down the other player. And it's the sort of thing that maybe goes under the radar when you're watching Boy Boy, the master of the all-in, when you're watching him play Lenny and you're wondering, so he went all-in as this champion and he got this kill. I'm never able to all-in successfully this champion. Um, I'm not sure if at that point, if you're watching that, if you've paid attention to what cooldowns the other champion has, maybe they just use something, and then Voidboy decided to go in at that point. There's always going to be these reasons, and I think cooldown is a big one that is underutilized by kind of mid to lower rank players. Yeah, and it's not just, of course, cooldowns that they use. Because um, obviously cooldowns they use are often very important in your ability to kill them. Um, often, again, Vladimir's in high-low, who use their W, will just sit back almost on their tower until it's up again because they just can't walk up to lane because there's too much of a risk. Um, but similarly, obviously, you have to be aware of your cooldowns. When you don't have your cooldowns, play safe. Be that Vladimir who sits under tower. Be that champion who walks back and loses a couple of minions because they know they're going to die if they don't have W up a Z or whatever it is. Maybe I just traded aggressively with, 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 as, as, with my W as Z. Maybe I'm not going to use that cooldown as Z because I want to keep trading with Qs and have that W because I'm pushed up against the jungler ganks. You see bad Z players all the time in gold, platinum, even low diamond, trading with W when they're pushed up. And then the jungler just comes and kills them because they're completely immobile. Um, you just have to be aware of your cooldowns as much as their cooldowns and be aware of, you know, obviously the, 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 the power spikes that you gain or lose depending on who has whatever up. Uh, it's quite related to, obviously, champion matchup, but definitely something to be really aware of during laning phase. Yeah, and um, if we move on then, there's another related thing, which is, it sounds very similar, but it's about paying attention to the other champion in your lane. Mm. And so this came up when I was referencing that last Shadow one used to say in his lessons, and that would be, he would tell the person, like, Look at the other champion, look at the other champion, look at the other champion. Don't look at your champion, you know what your champion does, you know what your champion looks like. You don't need to look at that model, just look at the other champion, that's what matters. 
because the theory was that if you're staring at the other champion the whole time, you have an idea of where you're moving. Like, you're the, if you're only staring at their champion, you might say, well, I want to dodge stuff. I want to know where my champion is. Well, you're going to know where the stuff is coming from if you're always focused on their champion. You can see where the skill shot's coming from, and then you can dodge it. You're going to know if their jungler's coming because you're staring at their champion, you're looking at their model. You'll see them start to move erratically in a way they haven't been moving before. You're going to know that maybe um, they're going to all in you because they start moving forward in a way they weren't moving before before. You notice patterns, you notice how they're moving. You notice that they're moving in a certain way. They, they always move to the side when they want to fire off a Q, they're Ezreal. They always try to move around the menu. If you're like, oh, they're moving around this menu, wave. they're going to throw a Q at me. They yeah. become predictable, you see patterns. And that's, so that's the idea is that you're just always staring at their champion, you're never looking at your own champion. And this is, I'll admit, not something I ever managed to fully implement to, to my own game, really getting disciplined about focusing on that that much. But it does also spread into kind of a wider theme of paying more attention to the champion and kind of what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, even... I mean, obviously, it's not like it's not so polarized that you literally shouldn't look anywhere else besides the champion. Um, obviously, people have to have an awareness of their entire screen, and often this is kind of, you know, preaching to that part of people that tunnels very hard on their own champion, and they do only look at their own champion. They're looking where they're ordering the minions, um, and this kind of leads on to also like looking both of their champion and their minions even. So this is the sort of thing like obviously, if you get an awareness of the patterns that they have, let's say whenever they go for a last hit, they do a certain thing. Obviously, if you're aware of their minions, you know when they're going to go for last hits. And obviously, this isn't Dota 2. Um, you can't deny last hits by killing your own minions. But if you're aware of the health bars of your minions as well as their minions, you're able to find those windows of opportunity, that, that cooldown that is their auto attack, and trade with them on that cooldown when they can auto attack you back. And this is obviously super um, apparent in bot lane because bot lane is so much about those single auto trades, that auto one ability trade, um, small incremental trades. Uh, bot lane all-ins are kind of a big thing and often people will trade for a prolonged period of time up until that all-in. So being aware of that and, and being aware of their play patterns really gives you an idea of when you can find these trades. And certainly this kind of paying attention to their champion, paying attention to how they path, even if you're trying to land skill shots, and maybe every time they go for a minion, they path slide to the left, and then they walk up, um, will really give you an edge in terms of finding those tiny wins of opportunity. And it, it might seem small, just that those little autos every now and then, but it can really add up and really be really annoying if you're playing against someone who's really abusing you for walking up and getting minions. And it's very apparent as well if you're, if you're playing in gold, if you're playing in something, that people don't. Like, if I'll play Zed versus a champion that's ranged, and that should be really abusing me level 1, level 2, and I'm just getting free auto attacks. I don't have to use my Q to, to, to CS at all. Um, whereas in higher, in like high plat, in diamond, people will, 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 will auto me every time I go for a melee CS. And I will have to use my Q every time, which means I don't have my Q up to trade. Um, and those are just really, really good things to know in terms of the being aware of their champion, being aware of their pathing, being aware of what they're trying to do, and abusing them when they, when they are. And obviously it helps you line up skill shots as well. If yeah. you know they're going to move into this direction. If they're an interesting ones against Aurelia, uh, you know she's going to queue to like a minion when it gets low. Yeah. So whenever I used to play, like we used to play like 1v1s, I'd play Sway, no one would play Aurelia. And I would just yeah. like throw the W down in a minion, no one like fly to the minion and get it for the W, be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> or yeah. against Rengar, so you know yeah. the Rengar's going to jump on you or jump on that minion from the bush, same idea. They're going to lose a long range ability. And so you just, as Sway, and you throw the W down they jump, you know they're going to do it, they jump to it, and then they're caught. Yeah. That's just like focusing on them, and particularly, as you said, well, is that focusing on the minions as well, and how low minions are going to affect how they move, you can get an idea for landing different things like that. that yeah, it really is a good, really land. good example, actually, of that. Like, yeah. being aware of your minions is really important. Or even like Malzahar or something, being aware of the Yasuo. ticking on your minions and stuff. Uh, Yasuo, yeah. Because that's how he can move. Um, of course, super important. Um, but yeah, so that's a really important one. Um, another kind of small one is 
using pots in lane and, and, and how you're using your pots. Um, we've kind of written here using pots for an all-in, which is obviously a really important one because a pot is whatever, 100 health. So if you use it during an all-in that's going to be as long as that pot tick time, you're effectively giving yourself a temporary 100 extra health or whatever, 150 health or whatever. I actually forget how much a pot heals you for. I think it's 150. <laughs> 150, um, I think. 150. Um, so yeah, that's a really important one. I mean, using pots in general is kind of something that people kind of both waste and don't consider too much, especially in like bot lane. I find, because I've been playing on an account that's like gold one, has like plat maybe four MR, uh, plat five MR. Um, people just use their pot way too early, especially when they have something like a Warlords. And, and it's about understanding when you need to use your pot, when you can save your pots. Uh, and particularly before all-ins, it's, it's, it's a small little tip. It's definitely something that you should be more aware of when you can afford to kind of not use them when when you should be worried maybe they're going to all in you and often people like in middling will just sit on their pot maybe they have feast maybe they just are, are are aware they have that tiny bit of sustain that they're slowly going to heal up and then maybe they're aware like you'll, you'll always see people pot 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 when they're at reasonable you know before they go for an all and often it's like the 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 light go red light goes and you immediately start backing off because they're almost full hp already and you're like they're going to all in me otherwise there's no reason they pop that pot but so certainly yeah, good pot usage is is something that people often don't have yeah because it's a serious chunk of hp and it's yeah. something that you don't really consider that much and if you died from a jungle gank hmm. or if you went for an all-in and it failed and it was any sort of narrow margin and you had a pot inventor they didn't use that would have been the difference no it, su- it sucks when you use a cookie yeah, or something in your yeah. pot and and you die and obviously like corrupting potion is an example of a pot that's kind of aggressive. But even then, I see people, like, 60% of the time just don't use their Corrupting Potion when they start a trade. Like, Corrupting Potion does a lot of damage. The reason why it's a good starting item is not because it's, like, three effective pots. People wouldn't start with three pots in lane. That would not be a good start. The reason why it's a good start is because it gives you actually pretty good trades early um, on, like, even champions that, you know, wouldn't normally trade particularly well with autos if they pop a Corrupting Potion. They're just going to win that trade. So... People yeah. used to start with 12 pots in lane. <clears throat> I remember 12 pots in a ward was just yeah, like... Or, uh, it was like five health pots, five mana elixir pots. Elixir and five, was it? Was the elixir and five pots was the, the normal start? Oh, when you used to be able to build elixir and the pots. The elixir, yeah. yeah. that was... Where it started out Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the red pot, the red pot. Red pot yeah. That was great. You know, there was also... Elixir was a thing, and then people could buy elixir and pots, and it was just... There were so many different periods. I remember there was a period where it was just like six health pots, six mana pots award, and it was just like, okay. <laughs> it started as like a joke build on Mordecai's and then it ended up becoming meta. And then people would go like health three gen bead, five pot, five pot thing, oh. and it was just like, okay. It was disgusting. Okay, And they just always have pots going. You just wouldn't be able to kill them because they'd always be like full HP. I loved those days, honestly. Those fun times <laughs> to play jacks. I used to destroy people with the red pot. I wasn't very good though. I never really um, used the red pot. So another thing that it's probably something that people know they should be doing more, and that is to use your minimap more. Hmm. Um, just, just because you know you should be doing it doesn't mean you're doing it, and um, you probably aren't if you're dying to ganks. And there's kind of two different ways of using the minimap. One is to have it out of the corner of your eye at all times and to kind of spot movement on it. You have your wards in place. You have your vision set up. Your bot lane's helping you. I'm, I always first think this is a mid laner, by the way. <laughs> I just realize how much I do this. So, But you know, so your, your bot lane has helped you set up um, vision around mid, and you've got your own ward set up. And so you've got very good vision if the jungler comes for you. That's a different thing to actually reacting in time once the jungler appears in the vision. So if you've got out of the corner of your eye, you're pretty good at reacting in time. If you aren't spotting it at all, you're very bad at reacting. You'll need someone to ping you. Mm-hmm. But even best of all, the Goldilocks thing, if you're actually uh, flicking your eyes kind of physically every couple of seconds down to your minimap, you're going to spot much quicker if something comes out of the corner of your eye. And the speed at which you react to 
people popping up in your vision is as important as like how good your vision is. Um, and just always keeping like a tick, a little mechanical tick to always be flicking your eyes back to the mini map, back to the screen, back to the mini map, back to the screen. The yeah, classic I mean, one is like whenever you last it. Yeah, that's it. The yeah. I mean, I mean, you're not sacrificing, you're sacrificing a millisecond just to flick your eyes to the mini map. Obviously, you'll get better. It, like it's not something that you have to do every time, but it's just a good way to get into the habit of looking at your minimap frequently. Obviously, you can go, I don't want to look at the minimap as much now. I don't need to look at the minimap for this period of time. Certainly, it's not something that every player should do is look at the minimap that often, but it's more something that it, it'll give you that more general awareness. If you're constantly looking at different points of the screen, you're going to be more used to that kind of thing. And, it, you know, it sucks. It sucks when you have a pink ward in your top tri brush, a pink ward in the river brush, and you get ganked. And you're like, wait, what? Oh, Okay. Uh, he walked past my ward but I didn't even notice sort of a thing um, and that happens all the time or even like being aware like it's just a good practice to have let's say you're a mid laner and you're like I don't really need to I'm not that pushed in it's good to have an understanding of how other lanes are in terms of push to being pushed in even just to, to adapt your play patterns adapt towards what you're trying to accomplish out of the laning phase maybe your plan is now going to be instead of just last hitting to push the lane and roam you know, maybe you're versus a Malzahar and you're Zed and your original plan was just kind of last hit and not do much because the other lanes aren't that gankable. Um, but now both your other lanes are super pushed in and they're low and it looks like they're going to have an all-in. Now your plan is to push. And, and you wouldn't be able to do that if you weren't aware of other parts of the map, weren't aware of what your jungler is trying to accomplish, even where your jungler is. Being like, where's my jungler? Ping, ping, ping. When he's on this side of the map is just ridiculous. And you know you can play aggressively when your jungler's around because of your knowledge of the minimap sort of thing. Yeah, and also obviously spotting people missing from their lanes. If you're playing yeah. bot lane, you notice their roaming mid laner is missing. Mm. Or if you're playing mid lane and you notice their blitzcrank is missing in bot lane. Yeah. Something that you see pro players say all the time when they when they see squire players and it's like, oh, okay, uh, bot lane is missing right now. So you gotta play carefully. Like you shouldn't be relying on your teammates to ping you because teammates will ping you all the time. And yeah. So it's if you can just develop your own way. And as you were saying, like but it doesn't happen that often unless you're like very kind of rusty where a jungle will just straight up walk through your ward and you properly miss them. Owen's given a look because he does it all the time. <laughs> most my, of the time, my map think, awareness is my, my worst, uh, worst trait. Yeah, I think the most, this, I think this um, shows mostly in situations where you react just a little bit late, where they come through and you notice them and you just react just that little bit late. And if you had been mechanically flicking your eyes back and forth, back and forth, you would have reacted as soon as that jungler showed up. Mm. And then you just avoid the gank. Whereas League is a game at very fine margins and this is one of those areas you can get a fine margin by being able to react that much quicker to when your vision does show up a jungler. Yeah, and I mean, this is just, again, another easy way to kind of improve your game, but it's definitely something that I should be doing. Um, because definitely my, I, I can generally do pretty well in the 1v1. It's not like a, oh, no, well, every, every 1v1. Um, it's more just that I, I generally don't die in a 1v1 scenario unless, you know, I'm just like stupid and I completely misplay. Um, Whereas I always die to junglers. It's like my constant things that I'm like, ah, oh, I was just about to kill, oh, I think I can't, ah, and then I get kind of I'm like, ah, and it just tilts the shit out of me. Um, so that's something I could really easily just improve about my play and just be like, I don't die to junglers anymore. So now I just don't die because I don't generally die to 1v1. So if I just stop being like rash and going for all ins and I'm not going to win, and then I just start warding more efficiently and being more aware of the minimap, I'm not going to die in the 1v1 anymore. And it's just a really easy way to step up your game from, uh, from where I was before. So the next one, I think is another one that people don't do as much as they should in laning phase, which is invading the jungle. Um, the opposing player's jungle uh, is something that often often people will go into their own jungle, maybe take raptors or something as a mid laner, but invading the other player's jungle um, to drop a ward, to try to maybe try to pressure the opposing jungler is something that's just a free way to maybe get an advantage. Yeah, and most people are like, well, that's what, that's what my noon is for. That's what my jungle is for. I, I'm not going <laughs> to go into that jungle. Anyone can yeah. be there. Who knows? It's all dark and scary. But I mean, there's situations where you can do with minimum risk and a lot of potential upside. And the example I'll give mostly is when you're playing, it's kind of specific, but 
We're playing top side on blue side, playing top and blue side. Um, and when you shove in really hard, in that situation, you have really easy access to their red buff. So you're shoved in really hard, and you can walk into their red buff, pop a ward down, and you might see the jungler. The jungler might be low, you might kill the jungler. Or you might just drop just a, a ward. ward, and if you do the ward, then you'll see when the jungler goes to red. Everyone in your team then sees where the jungler is. That's a big advantage, because shoving in that hard as top side, as a top laner, doesn't usually do that much. Like It gets pressure, what are you going to do with that pressure? This is one of the things to do with it. You don't want to be renekton with your, your glorious early game that you manage to shove them in and pressure them and you just looked at them while they sat under a tower and you like touched yourself. Like instead you walked into their jungle and got useful vision down and yeah. maybe pressured their jungler. Like maybe you didn't kill them. Maybe they saw you and they're smart so they backed off. You just made the jungler back off and waste time. It's proactive and it's smart and it's a good way to get an edge. And obviously the risk involved because the big risk is that you walk in, their jungler sees you and the top laner comes in flanks and you're on both mm. sides. Well, thankfully they added a little explodey fruit and so you can hop over the barn if that happens not always going to get you away but that is an option yeah, and, and also just be, be aware that the top area is shoved in and so they're pressured in and so they probably won't come but you, that's it's just one of the factors yeah and, and if it's if it's a likelihood that you're going to lose if you don't even win the 1v1 with the jungler if you don't win the 1v1 with the top laner obviously you don't do it it's not something you should always do it's just something that you're not utilizing enough chances are and and it's an easy way to kind of get either a chance at getting a free kill at red like it's something that is so tilting as a jungler if you're, let's say, farming, you've taken your blue, you've taken your gromp, you've taken your wolves, now you're going to red, you're doing red, oh, okay, the jungler just killed me. Or, or sorry, their top laner just killed me because my top laner didn't ping missing because they thought he was going to ward. Like, people don't respect the top laner roaming into your jungle. People often don't respect the mid laner roaming into the jungle. People don't respect the support roaming into the jungle because they just don't expect non-junglers to be there. Um, and it's, like, such an easy way. Like, like sure, obviously... Uh, maybe you just maybe you just drop a ward. Maybe you don't do that, and that's you haven't really lost anything. But but the the potential upside of killing them, the potential upside of getting their red buff and just completely dominating the top lane in like maybe one out of every ten games, I'll take it. You know, I'll take that extra that extra free win. Um, getting and, the ward is huge as well. Yeah, like, and getting that's the ward such a useful ward. Getting the ward's huge, and again being up ten CS in a lane because the opposing player couldn't last hit properly under tower because you pushed them in as Renekton is not enough. It's it's it, it's a small margin and it's good. But you could utilize that opportunity more than just sitting there and trying to maybe delay them from getting autos by trying to kind of cue them every now and then when they walk up to get a minion under tower. Um, so obviously, you don't always push under tower. But when you, when you want to go for this, you're going to push under tower, you're going to roam, and it's something you should really be utilizing. Yeah, and I think so. I think it's mainly a top lane thing. I think supports also do it really well. Yeah. And I think depending on the mid laner you are, you have a chance to if you're a very hard shoving mid laner or some sort of good assassin that can escape well, you can then just throw those words in. Obviously, a big one in mid lane is throwing the ward down on their chickens and you yeah. can see where they are and they you can do that pretty any minute once you shove in a wave yeah some people still call that those raids i don't know where they see raids. i never know what to call them because i don't are there raptors now i still they're, don't. They're Actually, it's been a long time since it got renamed i just call they're them raptors. chickens because that's like this they look like they're raptors okay. they're raptors yeah Isn't raptors it? and krogs and grom remember wolves krogs grom raptors wolves say the same at least as that yeah, um so the last the last one we're going to go into um is another thing that's kind of people do very badly uh, in the lane phase and don't really think about enough um but often people have pretty good practices, but again, I think it's always good to understand why your practices are the way they are, why pro players do what they do. And this is to do with recalls and recalling in uh, smart circumstances. So not just recalling on, let's say, a non-canon wave, not just recalling when the wave isn't fully pushed into tower. These are all things that people have a general understanding of why they do it. For instance, why do you push a wave under tower as a bot lane after you fight, after you killed them, before you back? The reason is because otherwise the lane will, will build up there your minions will kill their minions, so you'll be down in XP. They'll come back, they'll kill that massive wave that's built up, 
and you'll actually be down in levels and gold maybe because they've gotten so many minions and it's such an easy way to like lose lane when you've just won lane like you were just in a position where you just killed them and then you didn't push the lane in properly or you pushed it slowly so it just hit their wave just before their tower and didn't get killed um yeah it's something that people really don't do very well yeah absolutely um i, I think yeah I've, ha I've had lanes where i got a kill early and for some reason because often because their jungler came then after i got the kill and scared me away the wave wasn't pushed as i wanted it to and Something happened, unfortunate, and it got it got kind of almost frozen near their wave. I lost those minions. I backed then. I came back to lane, and I wasn't who got the solo kill, but I was behind a level, and they ended up with a lot more gold than me. They didn't have to go that back, but they had a lot more later because they got all those minions. And it's like I got crushed then because the jungle just keep coming back. I'd use the flash and the all in, and all of a sudden it's like, damn! I thought I solo killed this guy. This is like one of those brutal lanes I've ever had. And it was all because my recall timing was off, and it wasn't my fault. That game because the jungle had pressured me into it, but you don't think of how important the timing when you press B is. It's not just some little technicality. It's very connected to wave movements and like your wave control. And when you back kind of a big, and as Owen mentioned, backing with a cannon wave is just a classic trick. And that's if you're, let's say a hard shoving laner and you want to get like a free back off. So you shove a few waves early really hard and you want to back and you want to be in lane before they've shoved it back into your tower. The best time to- Or maybe they have, but the, the thing with the cannon wave is You'll only lose one minion, you mightn't even lose that one Yeah, yeah. so you do, you do, basically you do it with a cannon so wave, because yeah. it takes them longer to kill the cannon wave, and it also takes your tower longer to kill their cannon wave. And so basically you're going to be able to get back in lane before they can properly shove the wave into your tower, or if they've done it in the house, it's only killed a couple minions, or you'll get XP off the cannon wave or something like that. So you wait, yeah. you wait until a cannon wave to try to get your back off. You don't just back in a random wave to try to get that off, because they'll shove the one in quick enough. Yeah, and it's kind of related to like knowing the matchup, knowing what you want to do. Um, often you can get free backs off versus champions that don't push well. If you kind of push the lave in and then get a sneaky back off, you'll be up one item and then they'll be, they'll be on the back foot because then they'll have to back having pushed it slowly and then you'll be back in lane more easily able to push it back into their tower. And it's kind of, they're easy ways to get, like there's a lot of stuff to do with wave management and recalling in relation to wave management. Um, and there's some really complicated stuff you can do. Um, but even just having generally pretty good recall timings back when you have an item, but don't just back when you have an item back when the wave is, is you know, obviously like a cannon wave or it's pushed in or, you know, whatever. Generally people have a general idea of, of that they don't back obviously when the wave's pushing towards them. They don't back when, you know, the, the other laners full HP and they're pushing in really hard and they're going to pressure their tower but and, and they also normally should push the wave into their tower before they do because then it'll bounce back and push back towards them um, but it's good to have an idea of why you're doing that and what you're trying to accomplish and when for instance often you can just get free backs free backs where you just regen full health full mana and those are resources obviously um, and often you can just get like a free free heal from, from backing like coming item, back to lane an item up on yeah and often you'll see people who will kind of there'll be a weird kind of uh, period of time in like a stream or something where the two laners will just be kind of backing one after the other again and again and again because they'll keep getting free backs off. And it'll just be like, one will push the wave in back. The other one will come back, push the wave in back. And then the other one will come and push the wave in back. And they don't even like come in contact with each other, but they're both getting these kind of free backs off because they can get back to lane fast enough that they're not missing anything and they're just getting free regen, maybe one more item sort of a thing. Uh, maybe a pink ward. Maybe it's just a pink ward. Um, and these are just things that you really need to be aware of because if you're just backing with a vague knowledge of, of the reasons why, it's just again, you're gonna just yeah. throw away free free LP. And you, I think you can throw it a whole lane. Like it can completely mess up your lane. I think particularly yeah. top and bottom is where this comes in most because they're such long mm -hmm. lanes. 
mid, you can kind of get away with being a bit of an idiot sometimes because yeah. you've got a team. I think just backing when you're going to die. Backing there. when you're going to die. People are also yeah. get too caught up in I can't back when the way is pushing into me. And you just get a kill. You take the L sometimes. You gotta, you yeah, gotta, you just got to take, I'm going to lose, die, I'm going to lose 100 gold as opposed to giving them 300 gold and losing yeah. 100 gold and then losing yeah. the next wave as well. It's the equivalent of like, yeah, I mean, it happens so much because people are greedy. Like the vast majority of people die because they're greedy or because they're stupid. Um, <laughs> or because you got unlucky. Um, because they got unlucky. As your team's fault. Uh, yeah. So, so those are kind of our, our eight tips for laning phase for the time being. Um, I think we explain them relatively well. Um, yeah, so if you yes. want to, yeah, if you want to catch us, um, all our links are on our SoundCloud. Um, there's two things you could do for us if you wanted to do us a favor. One is to leave us a review on iTunes. That's the best way to get the pod out. And if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we've got a link as well on the SoundCloud. We will shout you out on the next podcast. Thank you to anyone who's been doing that. And also, the other way you can help us out is just by recommending us to your friends. If you think this has helped you, you want to help your friends, you want to get a better duo partner. It's not something to be ashamed of that you listen to us. No. <laughs> we're, we're, we're the people who improve the top players to the even topper players. Exactly, exactly. Um, so well, you want to make your friend even better. Yeah. And if you want to help us out, then just please tell your please friends. Please hit that sub button. Please click that notification well, button. Jazz, please yes. join the squad, etc. No. Um, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks very much. We'll, we'll hopefully be recording more regularly now. Hopefully next week we'll get one out in the next uh, seven days, eight days or so. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we'll see you next week. And thanks very much for listening. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.